I do believe that everybody is a gamer at heart. It's, it's a great way to allow people to connect and exercise their brains in fun and engaging ways. And games just bring us a sense of joy and connection through play. It's very powerful. There's a revolution taking place right now. Talent and intelligence are equally distributed throughout the world, but opportunity is not. The talent economy, the idea that at the center of work is the talent, is the individual. The way we work has changed forever and highly skilled talent is demanding flexibility around the way they work and the way they live. This podcast brings together thought leaders, staffing experts, and top talent to talk about the evolving nature of work and how companies can navigate these changes to remain competitive, drive innovation, and ensure success. Welcome to the Talent Economy Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Labby, Chief People Officer at TopTel. In the past few years, Amazon has become a major player in the gaming space, and it's not a bad place to be. More than 225 million people in the U.S. play video games, and that number is only going up, thanks to many of my family members, no doubt. Not to mention that in 2020, video games generated $32 billion in revenue, another figure that's projected to keep climbing. My guest today is Liz Eagle, Chief of Staff at Amazon Games, which develops online video games that are played simultaneously by people around the world. Recently, the company saw huge success with its game Lost Ark which has more than 20 million registered users. Liz joined games less than two years ago, but she's an Amazon veteran. She got her start at the company's ad business in 2007 and went on to become the principal lead for many of its biggest programs. At Amazon Games, Liz is known for being a nimble leader who's able to drive clear solutions and create impactful programs. She has pioneered ways to connect the Amazon Games team, even as members are spread out in studios around the world. Welcome, Liz. I'm excited to hear how you keep everyone so connected. Thanks, Michelle. I'm happy to be here. So you've spent a large portion of your career at Amazon, which seems very exciting since Amazon comes to my door every other day, probably. <laughs> um, I'd love to learn what drew you to Amazon and then specifically, you know, how you got to Amazon Games. Yeah. So for me personally, it was never really about finding a career in gaming, but rather finding a position where I felt the most fulfilled. And I think a good rule of thumb for anybody looking for a role is that you want to find a job that aligns to your interests. So you think of the questions, you know, what motivates you, what drives you to do the things you do. And if you didn't have a job, how would you spend the hours, you know, filling your time every day? So when I've done self-reflection exercises over the years to help define my own purpose, it always comes back to wanting to help take care of people. So I've always been a caretaker and a nurturer. And today, the desire to help people looks, you know, like in the form of connecting people and coaching people and just really helping others be successful in what they want to accomplish. So that led me to the role that I'm in now. And I joined Amazon in 2007 as one of the first sales planners on the advertising team. I stayed within the ads business for many years, holding various roles. And I then was led to become one of our leaders for the entertainment category. And within Amazon, it's very common to move around internally. And in fact, it's actually very much encouraged. So, you know, you're really the driver of your own career development. And Amazon very much encourages you to branch out and, you know, gain new skill sets over time. So after advertising, I went to the whole food side of the business. I was just going to ask you that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I went to the whole food side of the business, which was extremely different than advertising, as you can imagine. Um, my job consisted of 
launching our um, our ready-made meals in whole food stores nationwide. So, you know, learning more about the food, less about the ads, uh, night and day. And shortly after Whole Foods, you know, I was looking for a role. It was early 2020. And that led me to the games team. Uh, a friend of mine had sent me the job description for this role. And I remember very clearly reading under preferred qualifications, must have a sense of humor. And I thought that spoke volumes about the role and, you know, said a lot about the team and the, the hiring manager. So I ended up having conversations with the team and, you know, very quickly realized that my skill set and my, you know, expertise that I have within Amazon would be a really great match for this role. And it was exciting and challenging and just a wonderful opportunity that I couldn't pass up. So are you a gamer? You know, I'm not, but growing up, some of my fondest memories are times that I spent with my father playing video games. So I, I may be aging myself a bit when I tell you this, but in the early 90s, my dad took me to the Nintendo World Championship at the Javits Center in New York. Oh. Um, <laughs> and wow. that experience really had a lasting impression on me. And from that day on, I was a huge fan of the Super Mario Brothers franchise and Super Mario Brothers 3 quickly went on to become my favorite game. Um, I remember I would come home from school and I would beeline it to the basement and I couldn't wait to get on the Nintendo Entertainment System to, to play. And, you know, with the game, you're collecting coins and, you know, you're hitting bricks and it all leads to rewards and prizes. And the sound that, you know, the game would make when you collected these coins set off a reward center in my brain. And, you know, what child doesn't love to receive a prize? And, um, you know, I, I'm not a competitive person, but I do remember every time my dad got home, I would run to him and just, you know, kind of brag that I got a higher score than he did for that day. And it was just always something that we had a lot of fun with. That's funny. Yeah. I, my dad was, I guess, and I'll date myself, an early gamer. Um, we had a pinball machine in my house. What I forgot that we had uh, a pachinko machine. Wow. That's way back. Way, yeah, way back. And the Atari. And uh, I think I was a Pac-Man fan, I would probably say the most. So your, your father must love that you're working in the games division if he took you to the Javits Center. That's a big deal. <laughs> it is a big deal. He's definitely, um, you know, he's definitely proud of me for many reasons. But, you know, to, to be in an industry where I get to, um, you know, be surrounded by very creative people and work in an entertainment category, he finds... Fascinating. So yeah, he he always asked me for updates and you know, what are some of the games that I would recommend, which was really fun. Do you need to be a hardcore gamer to be in the games industry? The answer is no. I don't believe that you need to be an expert in any field that you want to work in personally. I think that you need to be genuinely interested in the fields. You need to ask questions and you need to have an appetite to learn. Never let lack of expertise hold you back. Part of the fun of the journey is learning through trial and error. And, you know, when mistakes are made, things may break, but that happens because it's necessary for us to grow and learn and move forward. So always pursue your passion, whatever that may be. So I would love to kind of talk about culture, since that's always a big topic in any of these discussions that I have. Can you give me an example of the unique culture that you have at gaming? I assume it's different than the Whole Foods division, than the entertainment division. Yes. No, that's a great question. Very much so. So Amazon Games culture is unique in the sense that it's a hybrid model between a gaming company and Amazon. And so think about it as you have the flexibility and the creativity of a game studio within 
the, within Amazon, which has the financial backing and the structure. So it's a cool combination of a startup where there's a lot of room to invent and create, but within a bigger company. Um, another thing that makes, I think, gaming unique uh, is that the varied businesses that are under the game's umbrella, such as Game Growth and Prime Gaming um, and Studios, all make for interesting and creative partnerships internally. For example, Games Growth is responsible for increasing the reach of sales um, through Amazon retail and advertising. So you really don't have direct access to groups like that within other gaming studios. And it's also unique in the sense that there is a lot of trust and space to try new things. I've known, you know, engineers who dabble in art and vice versa. So there's encouragement to try and learn different jobs responsibilities within the games umbrella. And that alone is a very, you know, unique thing to have within within a gaming company. So I know that you recently implemented quarterly all hands and a monthly organization-wide newsletter and business unit town hall meetings. So you're doing all these things to create channels of transparency, which I assume is because a lot of you are remote too. You know, what impact have you seen from that? Yeah, so I've definitely seen a positive impact on morale. I think when you create a level of transparency and a line of sight into what's going on in your organization and what other divisions are working on, the team really comes and it comes together and aligns. The org-wide newsletters are a great example of this. They offer a consolidated look at what each business is working on, and they connect the dots between what everybody is doing within the organization. Employees really want to understand how their role fits into the game's ecosystem and how their role aligns with the mission and vision of Amazon games. And when they understand that holistic picture, it results in them feeling greater sense of engagement and, and belonging, which is extremely important. And, you know, I also think that the communications channels are a great way to recognize the hard work everybody is putting in. So we often take time to call out, you know, wins and recognition, because I think that success is really a team effort and should be looked at collectively. And, you know, with the current state of remote work, it's now more important than ever for the teams to feel connected. Yep, absolutely. Spoken from someone who's, we've been fully remote for our almost 12 years in business. So that's a lot of what we do as well. So what is a quality that you feel that all leaders should possess? One quality that I feel that all leaders should possess is empathy. In my opinion, I think empathy is one of the most important interpersonal skills that you could have. And the ability to be compassionate and connect with people is absolutely critical. Um, Barack Obama said something that really resonated with me. He said, empathy is a quality of culture that can change the world. Having the ability to relate, to connect with people, to better their lives is an unbelievably powerful trait to have. And I think really now more than ever, we're seeing so many employees struggle with burnout that they face daily. And there's challenges that come up for them all the time. And people just really want to feel heard and understood. And they want to feel that what's happening in their lives is respected and valued by leaders and peers. So I believe like most skills, empathy is something that could be you know learned over time. And I think that you could practice active listening or asking questions to better understand a person's point of view and, um, and know where they're coming from. And little actions can make a big difference, such as, you know, even trying to remember people's names, even if you don't meet with them that often. So yes, empathy is by far one of the most powerful qualities that any leader could have. I agree with you. I pride myself on having a pretty good memory. And I always think it's like, remember the small things and follow up and how's your dog doing or whatever it is, just kind of feeling that connection. It's, it's interesting. So for me growing up, 
all you could do was play games, right? That's what we did. We didn't have all this technology. So can you tell me more about the opportunities of connection and collaboration that video games offer? Twitch is a great example as a live streaming service. So, you know, on the platform, people create content about games, including playing them or talking about them. And they draw huge audiences, which, you know, in turn create community along the way. In massively multiplayer online games, commonly known as MMOs, there's a big socialization component and teamwork is critical. So you could think of it as you're playing a sport, except you're playing online and with people that you've never met before. Our own titles, New Worlds and Lost Ark, are two examples of MMOs that demonstrate the power of collaboration. So players interact with one another in a virtual world where you're chatting, developing social structures, and taking on challenges within the game. Um, So you're working to solve problems, which is something that you have to do in everyday life. And, you know, games often inspire other forms of creation, such as cosplay, fan art, and fan fiction. And these are all forms of self-expression that are unique to each person when they want to feel, you know, connected to the characters. And it's a great way to give, you know, players the opportunity to expand on the gaming world that they love. And I recently read a statistic that there are 2.7 billion gamers worldwide. I mean, think about that number, 2.7 billion. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's, you know, it's growing bigger than, than music and television at this rate. And through the pandemic, when we were in lockdown, people play games and connected every day to escape from, you know, the everyday stresses of their life and just connect with one another. And I do believe that everybody is a gamer at heart, whether that's, you know, playing board games or card games, or if that manifests, you know, through playing online, it's, it's a great way to allow people to connect and exercise their brains in fun and engaging ways. And games just bring us a sense of joy and connection through play. It's very powerful. I remember a few years ago when my son was in high school and he would say to me, can we go to London this summer? And I'm like, why? He's like, well, because I, I have a friend there. And I'm like, how'd you meet a friend in London? Oh, online, in the games. We're all yeah. playing the same games. It's, I mean, it's very different from when you and I were growing up. But I, you know, games are, it's an amazing form of entertainment in the sense that no matter your background or your beliefs, like it brings people together of all walks of life. How does Amazon use video games to connect internally? Yeah, that's a great question because, you know, video games offer a way for our teams to connect internally every day. So we have regular play tests that happen in our game studios. Um, In general, there's a lot of discussion around games. We have dedicated Slack channels to games that we're playing where, um, you know, we talk about games that have just come out or what inspires us. And not surprisingly, it's one of our most um, popular Slack channels. And many teams host lunch and happy hours that involve social games, um, and we'll be hosting monthly game nights coming up in the near future. And, you know, we've also spun up philanthropic efforts over the past couple of years. So we've worked with charities such as Extra Life and Child's Play, which, you know, raises money for children in hospitals. These are all just some of the ways that we connect and build camaraderie on the team. Yes, we have a very popular gaming nights uh, and gaming channel at TopTel as well in Slack, so... Do you play? I don't. I've seen that. I, I, They tried to get me to play something where I think they were all trying to kill me or something. I forgot what the game was called. <laughs> They're building community. <laughs> yes, exactly. So you took this position uh, in 2020 as the world was shutting down for COVID. How are you utilizing remote work for your team? 
Yeah, so um, Andy Jassy said it best in a public statement. He said, as a company at a company of Amazon size, there's no one size fits all approach for how every team works best. We're going to be in a stage of experimenting, learning, and adjusting for a while as we emerge from this pandemic. So what it really comes down to is that individual teams are given the most autonomy for how they work effectively. For some teams and games, in-person collaboration is extremely important, and those teams may choose to go into the office on you know specific days of the week. I know that for me personally, a couple of months ago, when it was safe to return to the office, I chose to go in um, every Tuesday and meet my team face to face. I think it's really nice to you know be able to see people, have the conversations face to face. And I was reminded how something as simple as walking to get coffee with somebody in the morning is just a really refreshing way to start your day. I do believe that the future of work is flexibility. And every company defines what that is very differently. People have gotten used to working from home these past couple of years. And, you know, it's it's our new normal these days. So we have to be sensitive to discussions around return to office. I think many people feel very anxious about the thought of, you know, possibly returning to an office full time. And our teams have proven to be responsible and extremely productive, you know, from wherever they're working. And so, again, I think it's important to realize it's not a one size fits all approach. And every company and team is unique and should do really what's best for them. So how are you helping to counteract the isolation that comes from working remote? Like, what are some of the examples that you all have done? So there's definitely a lot of effort that goes into helping people feel less isolated when working from home. COVID has removed the water cooler conversations and and drive-by chats that happen every day in the office. So it was really important to help, you know, fill those gaps so our teams felt connected. Some of the things that we do um, include new hire orientation and we send our new hire swag boxes and hold smaller virtual team gatherings. We also have dedicated Slack channels for our new hires. So, you know, there's a sense of building community and we celebrate org-wide milestones such as birthdays, anniversaries, and promotions. And I also feel that checking in with your team, and we encourage managers to do this all the time, but keeping those lines of communication open and just, you know, reaching out to somebody just to simply ask how they're doing and how their day is going, it makes a huge impact both, you know, personally and professionally. Absolutely. We've done a couple of those things too. I, I think that that's really important. Can move on to talk more about hiring and retention since this job market is completely insane today. Amazon Games is fairly new to the gaming market. What are you and the talent acquisition team doing to stand out from some of the more seasoned competitors to attract and retain talent? So I'm glad you asked that because I don't think people realize that Amazon has been in gaming for for some time now. So we've been selling games through retail for many years. In 2014, we acquired Twitch. And in 2016, we launched Prime Gaming. When you look at AWS, hundreds of game developers and publishers, including some of the biggest ones in the world, like Activision Blizzard and Epic Games, they, they all use AWS technology. Um, and while we're still in early days of game development and publishing, We've seen some really big, big successes with Lost Ark and New World. As you mentioned, recruiting top talent is always extremely competitive. And I think that Amazon Games attract creators who want to do something completely new and build from the ground up. And, you know, we give those creators room to create, including the time and the creative freedom that they need to d- completely develop new IPs. 
And for these reasons, you know, games has some people on our team that have worked on, you know, AAA games because we, we give them that, you know, that freedom and that space to do what they want with it. You've improved retention and new hire satisfaction by 78%, which is amazing, through virtual orientation and onboarding programs, as you mentioned before. Um, can you tell me what that looks like and, you know, how you've achieved those results? Yeah. So when I joined Amazon Games Team, um, one of my first directives was to build an employee onboarding program. You know, at Amazon, businesses have autonomy to create programs and, you know, based on their needs. And I was creating something specific for the games org. You know, keep in mind that this was a time that we just went fully virtual. And so this would make for create, creating an effective onboarding plan more important than it had ever been before. So I was also onboarding a very diverse group of people, including, you know, creators, game developers, um, engineers, and support staff. So I had to keep that in mind when building a plan that would be, you know, holistic and encompassing of everybody in the organization. And I really wanted to make this a fun and interactive experience. So that was also top of mind because we are virtual. We can't be in the office to see each other face to face. You know, I, I put myself in the shoes of a new hire to design a program. And there was really four main things that I did in thinking about building out the program. So it's a live new hire orientation. And this was critical because it allowed you to have that interaction day to day with your peers and with the leadership team. Um, and having a live component versus doing something that's pre-recorded makes a world of difference. The program was also designed at a holistic um, view from the top down. And so we were onboarding employees to not only the games organization, but to Amazon as a whole. And Amazon culture could be somewhat peculiar. So, you know, teaching our employees about some tips and tricks for how to navigate Amazon has been very helpful. I also wanted to make it, you know, interactive and engaging. So because we are a games team, I thought of ways to gamify the program. So we have daily trivia, virtual scavenger hunts, hands-on tasks, and live demonstrations. And we would give prizes out daily, which always helped to drive engagement. And then I also wanted to look at it to create a sense of community. So it's important to remember that when you're onboarding, you're not alone. You're going through joining a company and ramping up with many peers. And so it was important for me to find ways for new hires to bond and get together and kind of understand that they're in it and everybody's going through the same experience. So I created cohorts where I would take the team and just divide them out into smaller groups and they got together for, you know, whether it be lunch happy hour, after work happy hours, we would play games. And I think it was just really critical to know that, you know, they had each other to lean on in addition to, you know, obviously their managers and, and peers alike. Yeah, that's yeah. We do onboarding classes here, and everybody has we call it a top pal, like a buddy. Yep. No, that's I like the the plan words. That's very yep. cute. <laughs> um, you know, I I'm always looking for feedback on how to improve our onboarding experience, and it's going to continue to grow and iterate over time. But I am extremely proud of the work that the team has done. Um, you know, in in this orientation program as we remain virtual, and I'm just excited to see it grow over time. I want to talk a little bit about personal stuff with you. I mean, you volunteer with some incredible charities, including um, Ronald McDonald House and Make-A-Wish. So what drew you to those two organizations in particular? As a child, I was often sick and I found myself to be in and out of the hospital. 
And, you know, when, when you're young and you're sick, it's scary. And, you know, you look to an adult just to tell you that it's going to be okay. And, you know, you just want some reassurance that things are going to be just fine. And I was always very keen to pick up on the doctor's and nurse's bedside manner. And I, you know, I quickly learned that a little joke goes a long way or, you know, coming in with stickers or just dressing up in outfits. I, I always very much appreciated that because I could see that they went to, they took that extra time and put in effort to make me feel more at ease. And I made a promise to myself very early on that if I were to, you know, kind of pull through everything and come out a healthier version of myself, that I would dedicate my time to working with hospitals and other organizations. And I find that giving my time back to, you know, places like the Ronald McDonald House and Make-A-Wish, it's just, it's such a fulfilling way, you know, just to be able to give back. And I've been in those shoes. So I understand what people are going through. It's amazing. Very admirable. I also know that you're an avid reader, which I am too. Which book or piece of media has changed your thoughts or your life in a meaningful way. There's a book called The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace by Gary Chapman. The five languages of appreciation in the workplace are words of affirmation, acts of service, quality time receiving gifts, and appropriate physical touch, such as a pat on the back. And I think it's extremely important to be able to identify how each person, you know, prefers to be appreciated and get recognized within the workplace. So For me, I prefer acts of service, but for you, Michelle, you may, you know, more want a physical gift, like a Starbucks gift card. Appreciation in the workplace is directly related to employee engagement. I I truly believe that. A little thank you goes a long way. And so if we're able to identify how each employee, you know, prefers to, to be recognized, I think that will, you know, speak volumes and really make them feel heard and, and seen. I'm adding that to my Goodreads as soon as we get off this call. (laughs) So, I mean, I obviously can tell that you really care about your people. So would you mind telling me about your proudest moment as a leader? Absolutely. So I have many proud moments as a leader, but I think the one that I'm most proud of is creating, you know, the onboarding program from scratch and just really building it from the ground up. There was no directive, no roadmap that was given to me. It was just, you know, if we were to build the best onboarding experience for employees across the globe, what would that look like? And, you know, the teams are multidisciplinary. So everybody has their own opinions on the program structure and the curriculum. So I don't think it was a small feat to get everybody aligned and on board to to roll out the orientation program. But I'm so proud of how hard the team worked to put the curriculum together and, you know, welcome new hires with open arms. And I think, you know, for me, when I receive unsolicited feedback from our employees who, you know, had completed orientation pretty recently and they reach out, you know, a couple months down the road and they tell me that something that they learned in new hire orientation or advice or words of wisdom that was bestowed upon them has helped you know, shape their career for what it is today and really help them acclimate to the games organization and Amazon and they feel it's helped set them up for success. That's the best type of feedback that I could hear because all I want is for our employees to feel seen and heard and know that they matter. Well, Liz Eagle, Chief of Staff for Amazon Games, I really enjoyed speaking with you today and thank you so much for your time and your insights. This was great. Thank you, Michelle. I appreciate you having me. Thank you for listening to The Talent Economy. I'm your host, Michelle Labby. 
You can find much more information about the talent economy on staffing.com and toptel.com insights. Hubs for bold, comprehensive content featuring business thought leaders and authoritative research focused on the future of work.